Hi, I'm Alex Noonan, and this is Yeti Village, a podcast by Last Call Media, where we interview people in and around the tech community. On today's episode of Yeti Village, I'll be talking to Carmen Rehnquist, Director of Web and Digital Communications at Wentworth Institute of Technology, about feedback, how to get it, who wants it, and why we want it. Wentworth has been a client of Last Call Media for a couple years now, and Carmen is very easy to talk to. You might say we have a rapport. I got out the good mic. Oh, you have a good mic. I have a good mic. (laughs) Wow, I don't even have a good mic. (laughs) That's awesome. I did used to do some podcasting, so I invested in a good mic, but it stays in a box 99.9% of the time. Wow. Wait, so this is your personal good mic or is this Wit's good mic? My good mic. Turns out Carmen used to host a podcast where she and her partner interviewed fiction authors. She's been podcasting before podcasting was podcasting. Yeah, when we started, it was actually an internet radio pod, a radio, an internet radio live cast. Oh, and got it. we would record it and then edit it out into a podcast afterwards. But okay, this is not a podcast about podcasting, so we did eventually get down to talking about the topic at hand. Thank you for joining me, Carmen. I really appreciate you doing this. Um, you are actually our first non-last call, like outside of last call person that we're having on the podcast. Okay, so now I'm pressured so I don't screw up. <laughs> I have to set a good foundation for all that come after me. I mean, you've got the mic, so it's half the battle, I think. (laughs) Um, So yeah, if you don't mind, would you uh, just introduce yourself, tell us who you are and where you're coming from and what you do? Okay, so I'm Carmen Rehnquist. I am Director of Web and Digital Communications at Wentworth Institute of Technology. Wentworth is a small uh, college in downtown Boston. We serve primarily engineering, architecture, design students. Um, So you get in an elevator and students are talking about problems that they're trying to solve. And I'm just blown away by how clever these kids are. And it's a great campus. It is. And the new building's about to open. So even better. Yeah. Oh, man. I feel like that building has been happening forever. It's beautiful. Oh, that's so cool. Well, we'll have to make a trip out again to come see it. So this episode, we wanted to talk about customer feedback. And (laughs) just, you know, just how great that is. (laughs) We, uh, I think, you know, Carmen, uh, we send you surveys and all sorts of things like that. We send those to all of our clients. and it's some, you know, feedback is something that's really important for us, but it can be tricky to get it. And, you know, we were thinking about who else do we know that also tries to get feedback in maybe similar ways. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that, and so you came to mind. Uh, do you also find that it's difficult to get people to give you feedback? Um. <laughs> Depends on whether the site addresses what they needed to address or not. Yeah. Um, I 
So there are different kinds of customer feedback, of course. Um, we have that helpful customer feedback where we maybe look at a pod or at a um, outside that's currently up and talk about how we want to evolve it and having those conversations, which is, I love having those. Those are inspiring. Then we also yeah. have those conversations where somebody feels like they're not being heard or they are trying to implement something new and frustrated because it isn't as easy as we make it look. Um, so having that kind of feedback is also part of the process. Yeah. As we move forward into even things like social media, where everything is out there, um, being able to judge why people are commenting and maybe assessing how we can improve those user experiences are also important. So it sounds like you're getting a lot of different feedback from a lot of different places. Well, for some context, we consider ourselves an enterprise-level website. We have over 5,000 pages on our website. Um, and I have 80 to 100 content managers. So um, we deal with a lot of people who are trying to accomplish a great deal in a medium that they don't necessarily use on a regular basis themselves. Right. Being the website? Being the website. And so you're getting feedback from internal folks at Wentworth and then also sort of it sounds like the I guess Wentworth's constituents like prospective students and, and those types of people prospective students to some extent their prospective students tend to be pretty quiet unless they're really looking for something specific um, mm. they're very good about searching for what they want which um, is great for that they can do that but I wish they would give me a bit more feedback so that we can make that experience better rather than, you know, toughing it out. Um, of course, one of our challenges is that we are filled with content experts who don't necessarily have backgrounds in marketing or mm -hmm. um, understanding technologies like search engine optimization and how to build for search engines. So yeah. there's always an educational component when we talk to our our community, um, trying to bring them up to speed on just some of those basics and why we make the decisions that we make. And what what are some of the ways that you're able to communicate that to, to those people? I would love to say I was fantastic at it, but <laughs> <laughs> um, part of the challenge is I talk about some of this stuff, some of the things that we're working on, some of the projects so often with so many people that I forget that not everybody is in those conversations. I just mm. assume that they all know. Um, but we try to do regular meetings with people. Um, something I've implemented in the past year is having um, either biweekly or monthly meetings with some of our key contributors and key stakeholders to get some mm -hmm. feedback from them. Um, my team, I've got a team of now two people. <laughs> we finally built one of our positions, you know, we're go I'm going to leverage that new person to go out and make some connections with people, use it as an introduction to her to reopen some communication streams that have, you know, just atrophied from everybody being busy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, honestly, that's just the squeaky wheels are the ones that get the attention and which is really too bad because those quiet wheels are doing some amazing things that we want to be able to to talk about with them. So I'm 
hopefully getting Kara in a position where she becomes somebody that they feel comfortable just reaching out to. That's kind of, that was sort of the reason that I was brought into law school. Yeah. To, to be a Kara, it sounds like. Yeah, because we need those people who they know from the time they sit down at the desk the first time that they're going to be communication tools. Yeah. Um, but it's also a small campus, so as you walk across, so many conversations happen at that point. You'll be right. two or three minutes into, hey, how's it going? Oh, the weather's nice. And somebody's like, you know, I was on the website the other day and I was looking for X. And I couldn't find it, which casual conversation, but I go back and I'm like, okay, why couldn't they find X? Can we make that easier to find? Yeah. Wow. I know I never actually thought about that, but that is, I think, a really big, yeah, that makes a lot of sense that something could just come up really organically. You know, we we struggle a lot to get feedback from our clients. And, you know, you mentioned the the squeaky wheels, um, you know, we do have some of those and, you know, we, we appreciate them so much because they are such a minority. You know, we, I think compared to the people that don't really say anything to us, uh, there's very few of them. So we, you know, we've tried various forms of chatting with clients, uh, when I was first brought on, uh, we would do this thing where I would just sort of randomly email people and see how things were going and then try to set up a call with them. And I would try to set up regular check-ins to talk to them just, you know, because we do a lot of ongoing support, as you know. I do know, yes. And, uh, you know, I would just try to reach out to those people and just check in, see how things were going. And it went okay for a while, but then we got more and more people saying, you know, everything's just really fine and I'm super busy. So can we just postpone these calls indefinitely? <laughs> and so, so then that sort of fell to the wayside. And then we realized that we still needed to get feedback somehow. So we set up the client heartbeat tool to go out. I think we had it at quarterly. Um, and we got some good responses at first. But then slowly that started to fall off. And when we were checking in with clients, people's response was largely just everything's okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think what we were starting to think is, well, people are only going to give us feedback if things are not okay. But we also want to know if they are okay too. You know, like if things are continuing to be okay, that's something we want to keep track of too, because then you can start to notice if things are going okay and okay and okay. And then all of a sudden you get like a six instead of an eight in one of those areas, it sends off a little flag and you're like, okay, I'm going to check in with this person and see what's going on. You know, cause if we start to slip, we want to know about it. Um, and it's still, you know, but then I think about how you go anywhere these days, pretty much like Starbucks, CVS, the post office, Everywhere you go, you get your receipt. Someone's trying to get you to take a survey and like trying to bribe you with like, oh, you you're, take the survey, you'll be entered to win $1,000. And it's like, all right, well, I'm just going to throw this receipt away. I'm not actually going to do this survey. Mm-hmm. And 
I, you know, I used to not think about that very much, but now that I we're in this situation where we're like trying so hard to get people to give us feedback and we like can't seem to really nail down a way to do it, I, you know, I think more seriously about all of those surveys and I have actually done a few more these days than I used to um, because I'm like, you know, they're asking for a reason. The challenge with those surveys, though, is that they have to be so generic. Yeah. And then if you don't, if you get, okay, 888, there's nothing to follow up on. Right. So that's that's one of the disadvantages of those, and I truly understand that, too. Yeah. And it's, you know, and then just thinking about how you mentioned casual conversations, I think about, you know, how different would it be if we were in a situation where, you know, we were in like a comp, a, a business complex with all of our clients and I could just like walk down the hall to somebody and be like, Hey, how's it going? And maybe that would be a better way to do that. Well, it's also a challenge with, um, you know, they say that after air traffic controller help desk support is the most stressful job. You never talk to somebody when they're having a good time with their technology. <laughs> right. It's a, a very stressful point for them. And it's hard not to absorb that stress yourself. So when you're having clients contact you that are, they're frustrated having problems or, you know, they hear from one of their clients that something isn't right or they can't find something, then it just escalates and being able to figure out what the actual problem is versus the reaction is yep. something that I think takes a little bit of skill. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's something that I definitely struggled with when I first started in this job was sort of taking on everybody's, all the clients stress as my own. And it definitely gets overwhelming. Um, but like you said, it's usually a situation where their client is letting them know that's that something's not working or you know worst case their boss or someone mm -hmm. is telling them that something's wrong or you know so it took me a little while but now I'm able to understand more you know better like when someone's coming to me with something like that that I'm like you know this is this is a problem for them this is the most important thing that's happening for them right now and so you know but the ability to understand that and then, but also not make it like necessarily, you know, obviously we have lots of clients and every client that emails me all day with their very important things. I can't make everybody's very important things, my very important things. Cause then I would have 20 things that are just like completely urgent. And then, you know, how do you, how do you delegate that? How do you decide what to work on? And the challenge is also, helping that person who's in the middle of that urgent thing understand that they're not the only one without being disrespectful. Yes. And yes, that is definitely a challenge. <laughs> sometimes I suspect people think that we sit there and shop on the internet until there's <laughs> something for us to work on. Just eating bonbons. Like, <laughs> having a nice time. And we're like, Oh, this guy again. One of the things I implemented this year is, um, actually this year, this semester once, <laughs> um, I'm holding meetings with once a semester, holding a meeting with the people who are my content managers. 
and I'm giving them project updates. And, you know, we're implementing a new internal email communication system. We're doing some work on the faculty directory. You know, because again, I have these conversations all the time and I'm living in that space and I just expect them to know this. And so by having that conversation at least once a semester, it gives them a chance to say, have you thought about this? <laughs> um, that's not really good timing, Carmen. I know it works for you, but you know, if you do that, we're all not going to be able to help you. Right. So um, that has been, I know why I didn't do it before. I, I felt like, okay, I have to have everything perfect. I have to have a clear agenda. I have to have answers for everything. Yeah. The reality is I work in higher ed. I work with very smart people. And mm -hmm. I can say, this is what I'm thinking. What do you think? And I can get so many helpful perspectives. I, yeah, I definitely think that getting to the, I mean, I struggle with perfectionism, definitely. <laughs> and I know that it can be hard. Um, but yeah, getting to that point where you can say, you know what? I don't know. I'm going to go ask this person. They will know. I think that for some reason, maybe it's a perfectionist thing, but I feel like I definitely have this issue and other people must too, where you get afraid to admit that you don't know something. And just in the sense that you're like, oh no, I'm supposed to know this. What is this person going to think of me if I don't know this? But it's way, way more helpful to just admit that you don't know it and ask the person that does know for everybody. Especially if you're going into something new that you haven't done before. Yeah. It's time consuming in a way because you're like, okay, I have to get feedback from this person and that person and another person. But in the end, they've become a co-owner. So yeah. they're more likely to be your advocate. And they're also going to be able to give you some great feedback, which saves you time placating them down the road. Yeah. <laughs> and I also just remembered that following that meeting, I was supposed to send them the notes of our conversation and I haven't mailed that out yet. <laughs> Oops. Well, see, good thing we're having this conversation. <laughs> I need to look over my task list again. Oh, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, I mean... You know, when I think about the clients, I, I think we have some of the strongest relationships with it. it, it, it there are clients like Wentworth um, and, you know, a few others that we have those regular, not sort of face-to-face -face, mm -hmm. uh, conversations with that we, I think, get the most, you know, that we know where we stand with them and we trust that if we start to slip or if something starts to go awry or they're not happy, they're going to say something to us and not just sort of harbor negative feelings <laughs> without letting us know. And I think that's one of the challenges you faced with those client relationships. I mean, I'm embedded at Wentworth, you know, mm. sooner or later I'm going to bump into that person who avoided me because they didn't like the way a conversation went and there's opportunities to, you know, rectify things. You guys, yeah. you get a client that's unhappy, they can disappear and go somewhere else. Yeah. And they have. <laughs> it happens. Unfortunately. Yeah. And you don't know why. That's the real frustrating part is, you, you know, was it something as simple as more flexibility offered by this other person or was it something one of us said? Yeah. 
and it is it is frustrating is definitely the word and it's you know but i try i try to be understanding again of the fact that many of these people are working within larger organizations and maybe you know they either don't have the time to bring something up or maybe it's not their decision um you know someone from on high is coming down and just saying hey we're doing this instead and maybe they don't know or don't feel comfortable having a conversation like that with us um but yeah yeah it's 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 definitely interesting you know and so i'm in i'm in a position right now where i'm trying to balance the the you know making it easy for people to give us feedback which i think is on the end of the spectrum of something like a survey you know that you can do online whenever you have the time to do it um in as much or as little detail as you want to give us but then also the fact that those are so easy to ignore mm -hmm. and because they are sort of you know standardized for everyone they feel a little impersonal we did have a client that very you know praise to her <laughs> she let me know that the client heartbeat she never filled it out because uh she just felt it was too impersonal mm. and i was like great fair totally fair and so then now we're doing this uh this survey that's geared more towards specific tasks that we have done uh for you know in the following in the previous month uh so trying to make it a little more personalized while still making it easy for people we're still not seeing incredible results from that. <laughs> um, so, you know, and then based on my previous experience of people telling me that they're too busy for regular phone call check-in type things, um, we're sort of trying to go back to the drawing board a little bit <laughs> to see what else we could be doing um, to make it both easy and convenient and uh, not feel impersonal for people to give us feedback. Yeah. It's a challenge. So my question becomes, you mentioned you notice those surveys at the end of receipts and things like that. Now, how do you look or act as a customer when you're giving feedback? Has that changed since you've been trying to get that kind of feedback? It, it really, really has actually. I, um, I went to a class a certified scrum product owner class. And I had a pretty, I would say mediocre to really not great experience. And at the end of the second day of the class, the teacher was, you know, wrapping up pretty quickly, but then was like, oh, I have these uh, feedback surveys that I'm going to pass out to everybody. If you could just fill this out on your way out. Um, and just reading the temperature of the room, I could tell that I was not the only one that had a not great experience in this class. And I was looking around at other people sitting near me and what they were saying on the feedback survey. And most of the people that I was sort of looking over their shoulder at their survey uh, just gave this teacher a terrible, like a three out of 10. Um, but then at the end of the forum where it's like, what do you think that we could do better to, you know, if you didn't have a great time, or even if you did, like, do you have any suggestions about what we could do differently or how we could improve this class? And 
almost everyone left that blank. Like they just went through, they were like, circle three, circle three, bye, and walked out of the room. And for the split second that I first got that survey, I really considered, I was like, I'm just, I have that sort of like, I have nothing nice to say, so I'm not going to say anything (laughs) mentality. So I had that initial thought where I was like, well, I'm just not going to give them a good mark. And I don't want to be mean about it. But then I, you know, I had this voice, this last call voice come into my head that was like, you know, this is what happens when you're you're asking people for feedback too. And don't you get really frustrated when no one elaborates or when people don't fill out your survey or things like that. And then, you know, they say, or they are unhappy and you don't know why. So I sat down and I really thoroughly filled out that survey and I wrote like a full paragraph letting that dude know uh, what I would have done differently in that class. So, and it felt great afterwards. Like, you know, this is what I want people to do. So I'm going to try to carry that forth and, and do that myself. I also think, I don't think we're taught how to be constructive critics. Yeah. It all gets very personal very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think working with customers and getting feedback hopefully has made me step back a little and try to remember it's not the person, it's the situation when I'm addressing something. I'm kind of hope, hoping that my tone becomes less angry when there's a problem, but yeah. also taking those moments to say, hey, guys, you did a great job. Yes. It is just as important to let people know when they did a good job. One, The thing that I think helped me come a long way in terms of constructive criticism was going to art school. Yes. <laughs> and, we, you know, you have those critiques and, you know, obviously freshman year in the beginning, it's really hard to not be super pouty when you're getting a bad critique or to take everything personally or to like, you know, someone says something about your piece when it's their turn, like swing it around back on them or something like that. Um, And especially with art, you know, because it's so you're like, oh, I just poured my soul out onto this canvas. And everyone's like, "Eh, I don't really like it. Yeah. Yeah. I had a professor who's like, you know, I should be able to tell you what doesn't work in your paper. And then for us to go out for a drink afterwards and be fine with it, because it's not about you. It's about making you better. Exactly. Yeah. The other thing that I find is this is something I'm still trying out, but being able to turn it back to the person, they come in and say, there's a problem with this. Like, I understand that's a problem. How would you solve it? Or what would you like to see as the result? Yes. And either they realize it's not as easy as they think it is. (laughs) or they realize that they've been heard and that's all they can do at this point in time, or they become, again, that invested collaborator that helps you make a better end result. Yeah. Yeah. And we luckily have had that from some of our clients. You know, we have uh, one person who, you know, we switched to Harvest for time tracking in early 2016 or 2017, I think. No, 2017, it had to be. And uh, right from the get-go, we had one of our clients that was like, nope, I don't like this. I don't like how this time is reported. Uh, I can't tell 
X, Y, and Z thing that I need to tell my boss um, and all of that. And, you know, we've been listening to it, but at the same time, you know, when we were first switching to Harvest, we were kind of like, well, we're still like getting our bearings here. Like, let us try to figure this out. And we made a few changes here and there. And, you know, she hasn't been like persistent, but every now and then when I send her a time log, she'll come back with like, you know, I, I still really don't like this. <laughs> so we're trying to find a way to make it work. And, you know, I have like reached a compromise with her where I can separately give her the information that she's looking for. But we're actually looking into trying to build our own tool that will kind of sit on top of Harvest and make a dashboard for clients that they can like log into to see how many retainer hours they've used, how many they have left, mm. sort of things like that. But it's like because she has brought it up so many times and um, she's not the only one <laughs> that has said that. Exactly. That's a great idea. I think you should do that tomorrow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I've t- I've been able to turn around now and go to my bosses and say, hey, this client has been saying this from day one. Also, they're not the only one. Maybe we should think about doing something. You know, it's been a year, a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Like maybe we need to actually do something about this. So, and that's just the power of feedback, you know, and I'm, I'm hoping that once we get this tool up and running, it'll be a good way to maybe show some of our other clients, like, look, see, your feedback does matter and we do really need it. And this is what happens if you can actually give it to us. Yeah. Yeah. And perfect example. And I mean, I don't know. It sounds like, I don't know. Have you ever had a problem getting feedback from from people have there has there ever been a situation where you're, you really want someone to tell you how they're doing with something or like a group of people and you haven't been able to get it out of them um my last website redesign process there was you know we we were holding stakeholder sessions to get feedback oh, yes. and no one would show up or maybe one person would show up from, from a group. And so you're trying to make major expensive decisions with very little data and very little, even this is how we would like to use this better information. So when it doesn't come out the way they expect, um, (laughs) like that, you know, we asked you to play the game with us and you said you wanted to go home and do something else. Um, It's, it's challenging because you turn around and have to do it again and try. One thing I will say is if you ask for feedback and they don't give it, they don't like the way it turns out. You don't have trouble getting feedback again. (laughs) (laughs) That's the silver lining of something that doesn't go well. Yeah. There's at least that. I, that's true. I remember that story from when we first started working with you. Yep. And you know, the thing is, people are much more invested now. So that's a win. Yeah, that is good. And again, some days it's easier to take the feedback. And I, my feedback feels like a, a very nice word for complaints. Um, <laughs> but that's not what it all is. But 
sometimes it's easier yeah. to take the complaints when you're able to separate what's going on from the frustrations yourself. And some days you're just like, Oh my gosh, not again. For sure. So, um, and you just, the, the thing that I've tried to do again, since I've been on the receiving side is try to really remember that there's a person on the other side of whatever I'm feeling or complaining or giving feedback on. Absolutely. Um, just telling somebody that something is horrible and this is social media comments, especially just telling somebody something is horrible or they hate it. I can't do anything with that. Right. (laughs) There's not a conversation waiting to happen. Yep. So. Yeah. And that goes right back to me. Like for me, it goes right back to art school in critiques where that same thing we weren't allowed to say when it was someone else that we were critiquing we weren't allowed to just say I don't like it because that's not really feedback that's not a criticism that's like your personal opinion mm-hmm. and it's possible to not like something but you know still be able to say you know make suggestions like you have to be able to say why you don't like it like what is it about it that is you know off-putting or frustrating and you know luckily I think in this business at least for us we rarely have when we do get that feedback we rarely have people just saying like oh I don't like you guys or or anything like that so that is good usually when we do get the feedback it's very like concise like I liked when you did xyz and I didn't like when you did ABC and we're like, great. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) We can work with that. Yeah. And the reality is we all need to make improvements. I haven't hit perfect yet. That's for 2019. (laughs) Um, Right. (laughs) But again, and part of it is also being able to take the, take the criticism, evaluate what's being said and judge whether it's valid or something you can address or not. Yes. Right. Yeah. I think it becomes really tricky when there's something that is just kind of really out of your control. Like if somebody comes up and like the last college I worked at, the main color was purple. I hate purple. I don't want anything <laughs> purple. So when somebody came up to me and said, you know, I really hate that shade that you're using. I'm like, I get it. I understand. <laughs> can't change it it's the school color right (laughs) you're like I would change it if I could trust me I have little dreams about making it all green (laughs) so trying to be able to yeah figure out what you can change and what you can also understanding that sometimes it's just people needing to be heard I think so it was when I first started here was when we tried the the sort of more personal person to person phone call approach of getting feedback from customers. And then, like I said, that kind of fell away, but you know, it's been almost three years now. So maybe I'm, I'm getting the sense that that's probably where we're heading back to. Yeah. I have companies that I work with who schedule, you know, a phone call every six months to do just a status check and knowing that it's six months out, that this is going to happen. 
you know, I have a list of things if I have a list that I'm ready for. I don't, you know, it's never big enough that I need to send them a note Other, or I, or I will if that's necessary, but just knowing that, okay, this worked for me. I'm having some problems with this. Having that as a conversation versus an email chain back and forth. I tend to prefer that because I'm old school. <laughs> I like people to talk to me. I, I think especially this day and age where everything is so automated and, you know, I mean, we work in the tech industry. So a lot of our correspondence with people is email. We don't really do a lot of phone calls um, regularly by any means. So I think that when you do have that, it kind of makes it more special. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, just to bring it back to Wentworth, you folks are one of one of our favorite customers. And Chris and I look forward to chatting with you every week. And the, like I said, the clients that we are able to do that with are definitely the clients that we feel the most comfortable talking to. And again, know where we stand with them and trust that they would they'll let us know what's happening like if something's going sideways right. it's you get that relationship built yes yeah yeah and I think that is probably another factor in getting customer feedback when you do that general survey there's no relationship there right and that means that you're getting the most bare bones of whatever right yeah, I suppose, you know, I can't believe this is the first time this is occurring to me, but I suppose that those sort of surveys can probably have a feeling of like you're talking to a black hole, you know, like, is anyone even going to look at this response? Yeah, it's just, does it matter what I say? <laughs> That's, that is, again, the advantage of working on a small campus with people every day and have walking across to get coffee and having that conversation with somebody about, oh, I haven't seen you for a couple of weeks, how's your semester going? And having it become just one-off comments or an opportunity to follow up or give an update on what you're working on that you don't have. I mean, working remotely is a challenge. Um, mm -hmm. I look at even doing a podcast, going back to where we started, you can't see my expression on my face. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's very hard to... to judge somebody's feedback when you can't read their body language. Yeah, we've had a couple of clients that some people internally have been like, I think they hate us. <laughs> and we're like, no, you know, he just types that way. <laughs> he just types that way. Yeah, like his his sentences are very short, very curt. Don't yeah. always have punctuation, but but then when you talk to him on the phone, he's great. Mm -hmm. Totally nice. So it's like there's definitely a balance that needs to be struck there. And, you know, I think if any, if I'm taking anything away from this conversation to bring some uh, more humanity, I guess, to, to this feedback thing. Right. There's a book. I don't know if you've read it. It's called the four agreements. I have not read well, that. It's a very brief little book. And basically it has, um, these four principles, and one of them is don't take anything personally. And basically it's saying that we all have our own baggage we bring to a conversation. And yeah. I may be having the worst day of my life and having, you know, 
Chris not respond to my email. <laughs> may just be the cherry on that awful day. Right. What I'm responding to it has nothing to do with Chris. We're blaming Chris because he's not here, by the way. Right, right. <laughs> because Chris, Chris is very good. Um, but um, don't make sure his ego's okay after this. Um, I will. I will. <laughs> uh, but you know, that's my baggage being brought to that, and it's so hard for us to remember that that is somebody else's load that they're carrying, and we cannot take that on. And that's the biggest thing that I keep going back to when I work with my team. And they're exposed to somebody who's angry or frustrated or um, even somebody that's, you know, oh, this is the most fantastic experience of my life. Lovely. I'm glad to be part of that. But, you know, that's not everybody. Let's that's, that's yeah. balance it out and understand that they're bringing their own thing into it. Yeah, absolutely. Also, on the other side is like you're bringing your own stuff to it, too. So sometimes you might have to step back and be like, what's actually going on here? Like, is this person really mad? Or am I like, I haven't, am I feeling super sensitive right now because of something like. That's why it's important to have those people on your team that you can use as sounding boards. Yeah. Very important. Because again, we, <laughs> there are emails that we get in my office that we actually go back and forth and what are they, what do they really mean? What are they really <laughs> trying to get to? And I'm the worst. I've always, I always put the worst connotations on it. Oh, they're angry because of X, Y, and Z. And one of my coworkers is, uh, no, I, that's not how I read that at all. Yeah. So having our own internal support system to keep us from, you know, <laughs> overreacting is always good. I mean, ultimately the, the only solution there is to just ask the person like, what did you mean? <laughs> That's two days later of having analyzed those three sentences to death. Yeah. And trying to carefully craft a response to like cover all the bases yeah. just in case. I don't think any yeah. of us realize how much time is spent doing client support. And mm -hmm. because anytime you get feedback, feedback is an, is an invitation for us to respond in kind. Yes. And I'm using invitation in air quotes. <laughs> and it's there, you know, it, it is an opportunity though to either further a conversation or make whatever is maybe a problem right. And mm -hmm. so when we open ourselves up to feedback, we are opening ourselves up to a lot. Yeah. Sort of whatever might come. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, you know, let's face it, half the time it's, something we're not prepared for again because somebody's bringing their own baggage in um, yeah <laughs> just like you wanted to do what with the what <laughs> where did that come from <laughs> so, yeah the fact that you guys even send out the survey i think takes a lot of guts because you do open up a, a doorway for people to come in and say hey you should be doing it this way yeah and you know and they've I mean, of course, I'm, again, I'm inserting my own perspective on this because a lot of people stay silent, but I imagine it as people being like, you know, either, no, everything's fine. I just, I'm not going to, I don't have time for this or, oh God, I just, I don't have anything good to say and I feel bad about it. So I'm just not going to bother bringing it up or they just are like, I'm sick of getting these emails. 
I'm just going to put this in my junk folder. <laughs> but, you know, I'm sure that most of the time it's, you know, and then there's probably a, another option that I haven't considered, which is that like, oh, I really want to do this. And they just keep forgetting to do it. I suppose that's an option too. It's not the, or I know I'm going to justify myself this time. I did not do it the survey this time, which I always do, but not this time because it just kept coming at exactly the wrong moment. Right. Yes. And I'm sure in, I'm see, and that's one of those things where it's like, if it happened to one person, it's got to be happening to more than one person. I'm sure you are not the only one that has had that experience. See, into the year. Things are, you know, <laughs> I'll get to it later. And then 300 emails later, it's down there at the bottom. And I'm like, oh, that was a month ago. I'm just going to delete it. Right. Right. And that's, it's so funny. And, you know, most of our clients are in the, the sort of the higher ed or enterprise sphere where they're in exactly the same sort of time crunch that you are. <laughs> and because you guys aren't, you know, dealing with the day-to-day of student life, it, Right. doesn't occur to you. Right, right. I mean, yeah, got a perfect example of that is like holidays, that we don't have a lot of the holidays that schools do. And so suddenly I'm like, what? where are all of our clients? Like nobody's responding to any emails today. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, it's Veterans Day. <laughs> yeah. Well, even, you know, next, let's see, the end of the year, we're closed between the Christmas and New Year's holidays. Yeah, that too. You probably get so much done. It is a quiet time for us. We're like, let the faculty and the students leave. Give us five days of just kind of no meetings, cleaning out those email, (laughs) cleaning out the desktop. Yep. Yep. Getting ready for the next round. We love it when they get back, but we enjoy those little breaks too. Right. Right. Let us miss you for a little while. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's great. Thank you, Carmen. I appreciate you, again, taking the time to do this with me. Well, anytime. I love Last Call. Oh, well, we love you, too. Thank you. <laughs> I haven't met anybody at Last Call I dislike. Well, that's great. I Neither have I. Feedback right here. <laughs> awesome. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> no, you guys are always on top of things, so and I appreciate that. Great. Well, thank you. I mean, and now you know. Should anything happen, you know, you know where to find me? Oh, yeah. Right on Slack, you can get right to me. (laughs) We do, don't we? Getty Village is produced by me, Alex Noonan. Today's music is an original song by Last Call's very own senior developer, Ben. You can subscribe to, rate, and review Yeti Village on the Apple Podcast app, SoundCloud, Spotify, or your podcast service of choice. You can also drop us a line at lastcallmedia.com and tell us what topics you'd be interested to hear us explore for this podcast.